Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, Ian. Hey. We're back. We are back. Did you miss us? Did I miss you? Yeah. Did No, us. Recording the podcast. Oh, I mean, it was odd. You asked me the question. I'm like... <laughs> well, our <laughs> audience can't respond, but I know they missed us. I mean, I hope so. I hope so, too. But before <clears throat> we begin, we have a little housekeeping. Uh, Ian's been working really hard on our website, so I'm going to let him talk about it now we have an actual website all the episodes are posted there in addition to the episodes there's some writings because i wrote some stuff so the website has like a really cool subscribe feature one of the things that we've been struggling to do on the podcast is like measure our subscribers across like all the different ways that everyone listens to us it is so hard to know how many listeners you have yeah it's it's work (laughs) and so this website is where we're encouraging now everyone to subscribe there Um, You'll get a notification for all the episodes when they're posted, just like Spotify and all that. But it gives us a better idea of like who is a subscriber. In addition to that, you will get notifications when new writings are posted as well. It's like a newsletter, but a place for me to post some write-ups about what's going on when we don't have time to do a podcast. Yeah, and I also think that it's a good way for you to just go dig around anything that you're curious about. You're able to see a little bit more information about what's in each episode and hopefully can be a resource for you guys as you try to figure out this crazy world of Bitcoin. Yeah, so we're going to keep building it out. It's not done, but the first pass is there. I think it looks really good. Feedback is welcome. Uh, Yeah, feedback is definitely welcome, but we're going to build this website out to be like an educational website. So right now we just have our podcast content. But eventually it's going to be Bitcoin 101. Yes, it's very exciting. So definitely go to our website, subscribe. Don't be shy. Uh, We love you guys. And we want to figure out better ways that we can keep you guys informed, especially as Bitcoin continues to be more and more in the news. But before we get into that, Ian, a couple of weeks ago, went to the Austin Bitcoin meetup, which was the first one he ever went to. I was not able to join, but... Tell us about it, Ian. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. The the best way I can describe it, it is basically where the internet materializes into the real world when it comes to Bitcoin. (laughs) A lot of the conversations that were being had in there are the conversations that you see on Twitter, except the people that were having the conversations are the people that are like trying to push a feature through on Bitcoin or like are starting a new initiative in Bitcoin. Like the, the founders of these things were actually there. Um, It's one of the most, like the Bitcoin meetup in Austin is the Bitcoin meetup. Because Austin is becoming a new tech hub? Austin is becoming the new Silicon Valley. And instead of all of these companies that were built on, let's just call it the internet, Austin, I believe, is where all the companies that are going to be built on Bitcoin, which we can call the next internet, the meetup was held in the offices of a Bitcoin company. I don't know if What a flex. (laughs) Yeah, so the company is Unchained Capital. Like we've talked about them on this podcast. I've heard of them. They're based out of Austin and this Bitcoin meetup was in their offices. So that was really cool. And the people there, they're cool. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoiners, they are some of the nicest people I've ever met. Like, I'm not surprised. I'm crushing (coughs) super hard on a Bitcoiner currently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I mean, a lot of times at meetups, because I've been to other meetups before, you know, people are a little standoffish or whatever. But this one, it just seemed like everyone was talking to everyone Um, everyone was like, you know, upbeat and excited and everyone was kind of just 
you know, also there to learn. Like that particular meetup is very technical. This was like 250 people, which for context, that's a lot of people at a meetup on a Thursday evening. That you flew <laughs> over for. <laughs> well, yeah, I flew into Austin, but a lot of these people live in Austin, <laughs> yeah. right? So one of the guys at the meetup that I met, he was just into film. Like he's not a programmer. He's not technical. And he said to me, he's like, I don't understand what they're talking about, but I feel like I should be here listening. That's who the room was filled with. Yeah, it's very cool. Very curious, open-minded people. In addition to like general populace or whatever, I got to meet Saifedean. Who is the writer of the Bitcoin standard, right? Yeah, yeah. So me and the that- person who you give, I think you've bought that book so many times because you always just hand it to someone who's at our house and talks about Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I've given that book away at least for no with Frankie five times now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I was sitting there talking to a guy. We were just describing how we got into Bitcoin, you know, and he said how he got in. And I said, Yeah, it wasn't until I read, you know, some of Safety and Breedlove, and he goes, Well, he's right over there. And like I turn and I see him and I'm just like, Oh, I had walked by him earlier at the meetup. And I saw him, but my brain just said, like, that's not him. Like, he's busy. <laughs> he's doing things. And, like, don't profile somebody who kind of looks like somebody else, you know? <laughs> and um, just another brown guy or something like that. But it was him. And so I got to chat with him a little bit. I got to take a picture with him wearing my Bitcoin hat. But I'll, I'll post some of that stuff on the website. It'll be a part of history one day, that photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so that was really cool. Like, he's moving to Austin, mm. right? So, like, all of these Bitcoiners are moving to Austin. I think the guy, Svetsky, at Amber, like, he was at the meetup, mm. right? So, like, all of these Bitcoiners are coming to Austin. It's, like, becoming this thought leadership area in Bitcoin. What about Miami, then? Is Miami where the financial <clears throat> world meets Bitcoin? Yeah, I would say Austin is to Silicon Valley as Miami is to New York. Got it. Right? So like Miami wants to be the hub of Bitcoin finance and Austin to be the hub of Bitcoin technology. It's like both are just a little sexier. <laughs> Actually, a lot sexier. What's sexy about Silicon Valley? A lot of billionaires were made there. I guess. A lot of billionaires. It attracts the sexy, but it doesn't generate sexy. Teslas are sexy. They, well, they, they came out of Silicon Valley technically. So there's one sexy thing in <laughs> Silicon Valley, got it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Austin sure. seems a little more exciting these days. Yeah, plus you got the Tesla, the new Tesla factories opening in Austin. And basically all of downtown Austin is just turning into condos and high rises. Mm -hmm. Like the development, it's all coming. So Austin was fun. I'm definitely going to go back to that one. But there's two other meetups that I want to go to also because they're kind of like big in the scene. One is in Nashville and one is in Chicago. Hear that, guys? We're coming to Nashville and Chicago. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not missing the next one. But it's time to get serious, honey. Bitcoin's down. Oh, geez. Not you, too. Bitcoin's real down. So let's talk about it. Okay. We can talk about it. Bitcoin is down only if you care about dollars. I care about dollars right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bitcoin is down, but Bitcoin is down with in, in conjunction with the whole market, mm -hmm. right? Like that's the macro. We, we just had a massive yes, sell-off. fair enough. I saw something the other day, more paper wealth was erased in the past week than in 08 or 2000 and, or the dot-com bubble. Ouch. And I forget the numbers, but it was like, it was like 3 trillion, 3 trillion. Oof. The COVID drop was like 4 trillion and this was like 7 trillion. Yeah. In that environment, yes, Bitcoin is down. However, Bitcoin did not go to zero. And you would think... If this thing was a Ponzi scheme, then in a market environment where that type of sell-off happens, 
Usually Ponzi schemes get erased pretty fast. They get caught. That's how Bernie Madoff got caught. He got caught in a downturn. So what we're seeing right now is the floor. What we're seeing right now is Bitcoin's resiliency and establishing that even in a massive sell-off, people are still choosing to hold Bitcoin. Because remember, we're operating on the Austrian economics. So this is all about subjective value. And subjectively, people are choosing to actually actively buy more Bitcoin during this downturn, aka trade their dollars in for Bitcoin. That's why Bitcoin has not gone to zero, will not go to zero, will never go to zero. Mm, I think I need to talk about this a little more. So let's get into it. I understand your point that the economy is tanking generally and people are in a panic moving their money into certain things. And still today, people are still choosing to buy and transact in Bitcoin. But people are still doing that in Ethereum as well, right? Yes. Ethereum hasn't gone to zero. So but these other cryptos haven't gone to zero, right? No, but there has been a crypto that has gone to zero. Ah, there has been a crypto that's gone to zero. I heard about that one. Exactly. But my question is, in an economic downturn like this, wouldn't Bitcoin go up? Wouldn't more people want to instead move their money to Bitcoin? Like when that's happening in countries where the value of their currency is complete is dropping by like 70%. The only way someone's going to move their money into Bitcoin is if they understand what Bitcoin is. And here we are doing a podcast trying to educate <laughs> as many people as we can. Because we know that a lot of people don't understand what Bitcoin is. So in this economic downturn, I would not expect a large percentage of the population to be moving into Bitcoin. What about the crypto population? When all those altcoins start crapping out and everyone wants to have a come to Jesus moment that maybe <laughs> this thing I put a bunch of money into was a scam. They don't want to go back to dollars. They just go back to Bitcoin. Because they believe in cryptocurrency, period. Because they believe in cryptocurrency and the one that they thought they believed in might be crashing. Mm, that's interesting. My assumption was that they would just go to the dollar because they would say oh, cryptocurrency is a scam and then they'd jump out. We don't know what individual people are doing. But the market... And we do know that a lot of people jump into crypto as a form of gambling. It's not gambling. It's just speculation. You can speculate in sports. You can speculate in, in stocks. In stocks. You can speculate in crypto. And this is just another version of that right. type of addiction. Yeah. Right. But not all people in crypto are speculators. Mm -hmm. Not all people in fiat are speculators. Mm -hmm. If you're a person who has a savings account, you're probably less of a speculator than a person who's yoloing into a coin <laughs> that's purely made up as a meme like if you're pushing a bunch of money into that hoping that it goes up out of meme virility that's speculation you don't really believe in that you just want to get on the train and make exactly, some money yeah but, they don't have the <laughs> their motivation isn't tied to the ethos exactly of the cryptocurrency that they've put money into what we do know in order for someone to buy one of those things like dogecoin or whatever they do have to at least have some subjective value towards cryptocurrency. So maybe when their particular coin is crashing, they don't take all their money out and put it into a savings account. They just want to find a different cryptocurrency that they believe in. In those moments where people's projects or whatever are going to zero, you see a lot of posts where people are like, oh, that's it. I'm out. It's Bitcoin only for me. I'm tired of playing this game. <laughs> like those tweets have been going out over this past week for this particular project that just went to zero, right? So it's not that people are like leaving crypto when it's a bad day, just like people don't leave stocks when it's a bad day. But when stocks are down, you go, oh, okay, I'm moving all my stock, my money into Apple. 
You know, like <laughs> Apple's not going anywhere. They make the cell phone, right? It's a safe place to put my money. That's what these altcoin guys are doing. They're just moving it all into Bitcoin. Okay, so that makes sense for this moment right now. But what if Bitcoin keeps going down? Well, I think what the market is showing is that if Bitcoin keeps going down, there are enough market participants in the Bitcoin community that they will probably keep buying it as it goes down. They will probably buy it all the way down to $3,000. Because the last time that this crashed from 20 to 3,000, people bought it. Here we are talking about Bitcoin crashing to 30,000. It crashed to 3,000 four years ago. In a crash, it is still 10x from four years ago. No stock has done that. You know what's really interesting? Except for maybe Tesla. <laughs> it just depends on when you come into Bitcoin. Because if you came into Bitcoin four years ago, you are unfazed right now. Exactly. It's fascinating that people who might have gotten in in the past year, year and a half when Bitcoin was so high, mm -hmm. they don't care. There's, they're hurting so much by this loss, even if something had happened so recently, it just feels like so long ago. But yeah, it was just four years ago. Not even a full president ago. <laughs> this is one of the things that Bitcoin teaches you is patience. When I was experiencing that crash last time, I saw on Twitter, everyone laughing at it. I saw all the people being like, I'm not worried. This, this has happened before. And then you go look at the charts and it had happened before, right? This was just probably like the third or fourth crash that had happened. Drawdowns of 85% have happened multiple times in the 13 years of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And here we are at $30,000. Mm -hmm. For people who don't have patience, it doesn't matter if you're in stocks, bonds, whatever. Whatever you're in, quote unquote invested in. If you see that you're losing money, you're going to flee to the thing that you trust. And so you're going to sell your Bitcoin probably for dollars. But what they don't realize is that by selling for dollars, you didn't escape what's going on. <laughs> now from dollars, you're going to have a hidden crash, which is inflation. Yeah. So in Bitcoin, all of it's up front. Nothing's hidden from you. If it's crashing, it's crashing and everyone wants to see that it's crashing. In fiat, okay, they just said the inflation is like eight point something. But if you change the calculation to how you calculated it 20 years ago, we're at like 15% inflation. That's manipulation. That's what's going on in the fiat world. Bitcoin, you take your 85% hit and you go, I'm not worried. It'll go back up. It'll go back up because I didn't need that money right now. Because it's Bitcoin my, is your savings account. It's my savings. And so if you're saving, you're not speculating. So it's the speculators that are scrambling. The savers are just like, thank you. I'll get more. <laughs> I know. I'll get more. And so what you're seeing, babe, literally. Buy the dip. What you're seeing is pure capitalism at its finest. Bunch of people speculated ran the price up, created all their businesses based on whatever, and then it implodes and the market is just buying up all their assets from that failed business venture. That's all that's happening. When it goes down, I increase how much I regularly buy because I know it's on sale right now. So yeah, let's get into it. What happened? Tell me about the cryptocurrency whose value went down to zero. In the crypto world, you have different types of tokens. We've talked about uh, altcoins. Which are any cryptocurrency that isn't Bitcoin. Yes. And then altcoins offer different types of functionality. So some are utility tokens, right? So it's like I use these tokens to buy hard drive space, right? That's like a utility token. Or they're financial in nature like a stable coin. These stable coins basically let you hold value 
in dollar form, but it's not in a bank account. So if you have a hundred of these tokens, it's a hundred dollars. And if you go to certain exchanges, you can withdraw into your bank account a hundred dollars. And so the way they do that is different, but the whole goal is to maintain that one-to-one -one relationship with the dollar. So this particular token that went to zero was a stable coin. It was a algorithmic stable coin. An algorithmic stable coin means that we're gonna use software to try to balance this peg. Their algorithm was to, um, it's called mint and burn. Mm -hmm. So their, their algorithm was to mint new tokens when it was too high and burn those tokens mm -hmm. when it was too low, right? When this uh, team proposed this product, there were a lot of people in the Bitcoin community that just pointed out that that was never gonna work. These debates, whatever, would go on on Twitter. The guy running the project, he actually went on a pretty popular podcast made his case and at that time what did you think of his case i was a hardcore bitcoiner at that point so i was like this is a scam <laughs> right like everything else in this community people were poking enough holes in it that he he felt the need to give it some more credibility so as he was getting all this pushback he said you know what i'm gonna buy 10 billion dollars worth of bitcoin to back this stable coin so i don't even think he bought the the full 10 billion before this thing went to zero and the way that it went to zero was exactly how most people predicted that it would go to zero. If you break the peg too much, if it's supposed to be worth a dollar and it goes to 99 cents and then you burn a bunch of tokens to bring it back up to a dollar, like that'll work. What happens if it gets to 90 cents? If someone can attack you and push that to 90 cents, you're going to be stuck in a death spiral. You'll never be able to get it back to a mm dollar. -hmm. And so that was the point that people were making when he said, I'm going to buy $10 billion worth of Bitcoin as a reserve. As the market was selling off, people were cashing out everything. And I guess they were cashing out this token. And as they're cashing it out, the peg broke and the peg broke. And I think it went to, it broke all the way down to 65 cents Ooh. on the dollar. And so anyone who had money in that stable coin just had gone down 35%. Yes. Every dollar was now worth 65 cents. Obviously people who put their money into this, they assumed this is a stable coin. It's going to be worth a dollar. It's always going to be worth a dollar. And so they leave their money in it. Because on a lot of these exchanges, if you deposit this, they give you like 15% interest on it. What bank account gives you 15% interest? And how do they give 15% interest? I honestly don't even know. That's not even important. The important <laughs> part is, is that they were offering 15% yeah. to people, so people were depositing it. And people just assume, <clears throat> oh, this must be legitimate because they're a real company. That assumption is very bold. I think it's really hard to trust any company in this business because you learn how many of them are just scamming people. They all are scams because unless you're operating on the open, transparent protocol that is Bitcoin, your business model is a scam to get more Bitcoin, <laughs> right? Like they're gonna build that whole business out and at the end, they bought $10 billion worth of Bitcoin. Dang. So the peg breaks to 65 cents and now they're scrambling to try to fix it. When I caught the story, it had dropped to 65 and then they had brought it back up to like 90 cents. So as it's coming back up, people start getting hope. They're like, oh, see, the guy's, the guy's uh, name is Do Kwan. He's a pretty popular guy on Twitter. He's in Singapore. He's kind of, he'll have the argument with you on Twitter. He's mm -hmm. that guy, right? Well, as this is going on, Do Kwan goes silent. And everyone's like, oh, the chatty McChatterston got nothing to say, right? And he pops up like two days later, which is where I came into the story. To be like, okay, uh, I wasn't going silent. I just wanted to get a good game plan together so I can explain to the community what's going on and how we're going to fix it. It's a long tweet. 
And for the listeners, it'll be on the website. I'll link to the tweet. You could read the thread that he posted. But he basically lays out a plan to get this thing back up to a dollar. If you believed in the guy in the beginning, you probably believed that tweet thread. He's he's working on getting it back he's up. He's convinced you this long. Yeah, he's yeah. convinced you this long. So immediately now everyone's asking, well, what are you going to do with all the Bitcoin that you bought? Because you did buy a lot. Are you going to sell it, right? Because if you sell it on the market, Bitcoiners are going to buy it up. But that, that, that type of sell order is going to trigger a sell-off in Bitcoin. What you saw was around that time, Bitcoin dropped to like $25,000. Why does it drop? Because they sold a bunch. Because they sold it at a lower price. Well, there's a lot of things that are affecting the Bitcoin price now. And a lot of it is just people trying to front run news. If you think that there's going to be a sell off at some point, you want to sell now. Because if someone dumps $10 billion on the market, it's going to push the price down. So I'd rather sell now at 30, let it drop, and then I'll buy it back Mm. afterwards, right? Again, this is just speculation. I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm just, I'm taking the aggregate view of people, which leads me to believe that that's why the sell-off happened. But at the same time, he never answered the question about what they were going to do with the Bitcoin. The thing about Bitcoin is it's a transparent ledger. You can see it. So people just pulled up the Bitcoin wallet address that he bought it into, that he was showing everyone that he had it. (laughs) They pull it up and it's empty. (gasps) It's empty. It oh, had been, he had moved it. He it probably been, moved it a long time ago. No, no, no. Like it was, tra- you can see when it was transferred. Yeah. It was transferred recently, ah. right? But it was transferred. So obviously you had the Bitcoin and now you no longer have the Bitcoin. What did you do with the Bitcoin? I think we'll never really know, but it appears, it appears that while people were losing all of their money who were holding this stable coin, he used the Bitcoin to reimburse his investors at full value. So just using small numbers here, let's say you had $100 of Terra Luna and I had $100 of Terra Luna and this thing is crashing. Well, you're the investor. He gave you $100 worth of Bitcoin to make you whole as I got nothing and it went to zero. This is just speculation. When I hear more, I will let Ooh, our listeners know. So juicy this. I will let our it. listeners know, but oh, I really internet, hope none of our listeners were impacted by this. If you've if you've come this far, <laughs> if you've come this far down our podcast yeah. and you still had and you had Terra Luna, I definitely want to talk to you because I've failed you. Which brings me to a point that I like to make often is if you're listening to our podcast, but you know certain people in your life who are already into this stuff or think that they know more about it than you do, please still encourage them to listen to us and get their opinion on it. Uh, Because it really does concern me that there's so many people that are into crypto, but they don't see it for what it is. And it's frightening. And I can't, I can't even imagine how many people right now have lost so much of their life savings because of these crashes. During this crash, if you went on Twitter, there was two completely different things happening. If you're on Twitter, and you're in the crypto community, oh my God, it was Armageddon because a lot of people in crypto aren't really in it to study it. They're in it to make money quick. They're all getting wiped out. Like they were, it was all over Twitter crypto. Like people were just getting wiped out left and right. There's one dude, I saw this one tweet and I'll put it on the, whatever we call it, episode page. Literally this guy was like, I sat in my car for two hours tonight before I went inside to tell my wife oh my gosh. that I had lost all our money dot, 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 next thread. She told me money isn't everything. And then she made me a bowl of soup and rubbed my back or something like that. She just like comforted him, you know? Real love. 
But that's what was going on in crypto Twitter. Like twi- crypto <laughs> Not every Twitter. man came home to a wife that forgiving. <laughs> exactly, right? Now, obviously, you know, we don't know if that's true. Maybe he put that out there just to get some likes, whatever. However, on Bitcoin Twitter, people were partying. Bitcoin's on sale. Bitcoin's on sale. <laughs> people were posting all their extra buys. People were posting how low they... People all were, week, I'm like, Ian, should we buy more? Should we buy more? And Ian's like, nope, we buy every hour. <laughs> and that's all we buy, right? But the point is, is that people were literally posting on Twitter how low they got it. Like, oh, I got it at 25.48. Oh, I got it at 25.41. Like, it was like a competition. Who got it the lowest? Nobody was freaking out. Yes, the people that came in recently are having a tough time of it. But if you approach it the way that I approached it during the first crash, which is, well, what is everyone else saying? Everyone else is buying more. Okay, there's something here. I got to read up on this. Like, what's going on? But with that said, if you have Bitcoin, it doesn't mean that you're safe. Because exchanges are now also showing to be vulnerable. Exchanges have always been vulnerable, um, but one of their main vulnerabilities had never really been talked about a lot until this market condition, which is what happens when they go bankrupt? Which I saw today that in an SEC filing, Coinbase said that if they go bankrupt, they don't got to give your money back. Mm Mm-hmm. And that they own your crypto, not your keys, not your coin. Exactly. (laughs) So they wrote that down in SEC filing. They didn't have to write that down. This is our Bitcoin. Come take it. You can't. Not your keys, not your coin. They had to write that down just to claim that there was a disclosure to the SEC. But if you understand how this stuff works, you don't have to write that down. That's an understood. And we have a whole episode about this. Episode 13, I believe. Um, securing the bag part two. So definitely listen to that if you've been skipping episodes. This is scary. It's scary to people who have not done the homework. I would argue that anybody who's listened to this podcast, if you've gotten this far, you hopefully don't have any Bitcoin on Coinbase. You hopefully don't have any Terra Luna. If you're a person who buys Bitcoin and then immediately withdraws it into your own possession, you're safe. Doesn't matter if some other crypto crashes. It doesn't matter if Coinbase goes bankrupt. You actually kind of want Coinbase to go bankrupt because they're going to have to sell all that Bitcoin that they stole from everybody (laughs) and it's going to be on sale. (laughs) It's a redistribution. It's not even a redistribution (laughs) because a redistribution implies that someone took it from them and gave it to other people. This is, we went bankrupt. We're just trying to get anything we can for this. What will you pay for it? And the market says, well, we're not going to give you full price because you're bankrupt. So I imagine, and I said this to one of my friends the other day, I think that these bankruptcies are how the rich people are going to get their hands on Bitcoin. Like JP Morgan Chase is probably a creditor on Coinbase. So if Coinbase goes bankrupt, I don't know how high up the chain JP Morgan Chase is, but they're probably in the top three. And they're going to say, oh, we'll take the Bitcoin. Y'all could have the cash. Yeah, if they understand what Bitcoin is. And, oh, they understand. (laughs) That's true. They were investors in Coinbase. They were. Fair enough. And regardless if they understood then, they understand today. If Coinbase goes bankrupt today, JP Morgan Chase is taking that Bitcoin. Not even because they value it, but because they see that the market values it. And we'll just hold it. And then we'll distribute it to our clients. Everything they sell above where they got it at is profit. Mm -hmm. Rich people are going to get their Bitcoin through bankruptcies. It's interesting. It's like a year and a half ago, the big wake up call for a lot of people, including myself, was like, you need to pay attention to what cryptocurrency is. Like, this is a real thing. And then because of you, I got to learn about Bitcoin and all of that. But what's happening right now 
is showing everyone who's been paying attention really what was actually going on and where the pyramid schemes are versus where you have the real technology and the invent the invention as you always say exactly it might take a while though because i think there are a lot of people that feel a, a lot of fear because of how low bitcoin has dropped again from four years ago it's nothing we're laughing yeah yeah it's we're, we're laughing. still up and if you wait four years from today you'll get to laugh along with us next time Ooh, i love a man who talks commitment <laughs> Not too shabby after, I don't know, a month of being off. Yeah, it's... um, Not too rusty over here. A lot has happened in in the crypto slash Bitcoin community in the past month, though. This Terra Luna thing is pretty big. There's another company that's probably going to crash next called Celsius. And if they do, we'll talk about it. What do they say? When the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. Mm -hmm. Terra Luna was swimming naked. Yeah. It feels like the part of dating where like shit's about to get real, like something real life happens and you're going to really see who this person is. Yeah. And we are seeing how real Bitcoin is versus all the other jamokes out there. Good word. Who are just just wasting your time. 